Welcome to the Saints City and Me, a podcast delivering uh, audio love letters to and from the city of New Orleans. Uh, today, we are extremely delighted to have the king of shenanigans on the show. Be trusty, 504 ever, if you, if you, uh, you want to follow him. Brian, how the devil are you, my friend? I am doing outstanding, my friends. How are you all today? Yeah, yeah, we're all we, good. We're the, good. We're good. Just good. For those that aren't watching it on YouTube, Brian has his crown on. Uh, we we did momentarily see him being crowned um, earlier, which was <laughs> which was a sight in itself. Um, I mean, we Brian, we've seen someone take the monarchy in the UK, and it was nowhere near as in, entertaining as Brian <laughs> yeah. a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all good. Go ahead, Mike. No, no, you crack on, my friend. I was going to say, how is carnival season treating you? So far, it is awesome. I've had a great time. Uh, last weekend was the first weekend of parades. Well, I, I actually, it's the first weekend of the major of some of the major parades. Uh, that's what a lot of locals, that's our weekend. This weekend, more is for the tourists, but you got a lot of your your biggest praise coming. This is what they call the deep grunt, if you will, this weekend here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but a couple of weeks ago, so I'll back it up. One of the praise they had is called Cru de Vu. And Cru de Vu is like this, this, don't bring your kids to that parade. It's, it's, it's just, <laughs> yeah, don't bring your kids to that parade. But a friend of mine, his name is uh, Maurice Scholes. He's actually on Twitter as Doc Mosho. He throws an annual party that is just insane. It's just amazing. And so uh, we, we go to that party every year. Uh, we have a good time there. He caters everything there. He has an open bar. Uh, he has live entertainment. And then a parade just goes right by in front of his house. So it's, it's right. awesome. So, uh, so we did that the first weekend. Was that the, um, is that the, uh, the, the guy's house who, where you were up entertaining yourself, where you're getting quite a few whoops from the ladies in the house? I think. Oh, you mean, <laughs> well. <laughs> well <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you what happened. So the live entertainer, her name is Tanya Boyd Cannon. She is an amazing singer. She's a matter of fact, she sang the national anthem for Saints games. She's just an amazing singer. So he had her there and she was singing and she's also a friend of mine. And then she just called us up and we started singing and, and then she, she gave him a mic and, you know, I had one too many drinks already. So the shenanigans <laughs> just kicked off and, yeah. and we, were all, we were all singing and, and it's just turned into a whole thing. The funny part is, one of the songs she sang is No One in the World by an a R&B artist named Anita Baker. Yeah. So we did the clip of her singing No One in the World, and I tagged Anita Baker in, in that video, and Anita loved it. Oh, wow. She replied, she, oh. yeah, so Anita Baker loved that video, and now she follows me on Twitter, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm I, I not <laughs> If I'm honest, I don't think she followed you because you tagged her in the Anita Baker rendition uh, by somebody else. I think she saw the video of you, my friend, and thought, there's my front man. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, is uh, my front man. Yeah, that, that thing, it kind of took on a life of its own. And it's funny because when I started going to the parades and I'm out and about now, people walking up to me, uh, oh, Brian, I saw you in that video, man. You, you were you were a lot of fun. That was crazy. You know, and it's, it's almost embarrassing because uh, – like I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we're familiar with that being being 
drunk a lot as Brits. So <laughs> we've got <laughs> in your videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I love it. I can't wait to come to, to, to I can't come, wait to come to Britain and come kicking with you guys. I've always had a love for England and Britain and, and everything. Like I grew up watching Doctor Who, Monty Python. Man, mm -hmm. like I, I love all that stuff. So I can't wait to get up there and just just kick it with y'all, man. Hey, ne ne next time the Saints are in London, you've got to come over. Oh, I, that, I'm done deal. I'm coming when, when the Saints are playing. I got a passport yeah, now. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've we've had a we've open, had a few open friends. To world. Yeah, we've had a few friends from the states who have come over. Uh, well, they came over especially when the Londons played the Vikings uh, two years ago. It is it's a wondrous time. They all loved it, and we we loved having having them over. It's lovely to be able to bring people to spots that we know. Well, I can't wait, man. I cannot wait to get up there and then we do this live and really cause some cause some problems. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, we can we can make that happen. <laughs> good. Good, let's make it happen. So yeah, we're, we're like this is uh this is it, man. This is the big weekend. Mardi Gras is Tuesday. Uh and so tomorrow tonight they have the Zulu ball, which is the primarily African American uh, uh parade. Mm -hmm. And they're they have a big they, they take the convention center and they just take over the convention center and folks are gonna be in there. It's gonna be just a big party from six in the evening until six in the morning that's how long that thing goes then tomorrow yeah. you you have nam talk which is a, a parade on the west bank on the opposite side of the river and then endymion is saturday evening mm -hmm. sunday is bacchus which is your big parade monday is orpheus which is harry, harry county jr's parade and then tuesday fat tuesday itself you have uh the, the crew of rex you have the crew of zulu actually rose that 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 day and then you have actually there's also a parade called the truck parade where everyone takes a bunch of semis and they make their own floats and it's just you just just regular folks just decide to have their own parade so it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah we was when we we came over in 2022 and i i think mike you was there on the friday i didn't get there till the saturday didn't i so i i sort of arrived yeah. just as saturday was was finishing up but i know that um those parades on lundigras they yeah I, they caused me some mischief, Lundi Gras. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, I was in a, oh, yeah. I was in, I Brian, was in a good way. Right. Can I, can I just point something out? It wasn't yes. the parades. It wasn't the parades that called Dan some mischief. Well, I'm going to tell you. It, it was alcohol consumption. Go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, right now, I'll be honest with you. I'm drinking water, but uh, that's just because I'm preparing. So, uh, <laughs> but look, man, look. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And if you yeah. are if you are sober during Mardi Gras, unless you have some kind of deep religious thing or you're on medication, you're doing Mardi Gras wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we 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 found that out to, to Dan's cost anyway. Um, oh yeah. You recovered. Dan on, yeah, at that point we went to that little bar on Gravia. That's what done me. Which bar yeah. you went to? Which one? Which bar was that? It's called, no, uh, it's, it's called the Little Bar on Gravia. It's just um, okay. Yeah, it's just off magazine, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, and we just we just went in there, and I, I knew some folks in there, and I'd had a before Dan had got there when we went. I'd had a really really very good evening with them. I think on the Friday night. Yeah. Um, and obviously, me and Dan turned up, and then we had a very very good end to Lundi Gras. Um, there you go. 
yeah, we've got we've got some pictures of myself and Dan on, <laughs> at the end of Lundy Bra. Try it by the floats. We nice. look demented. We look absolutely <laughs> demented. Like literally, the beads are like above my ears. It's like too many beads. <laughs> there you go. I just there you too go. far. I hope you didn't have to do anything crazy to get those bees. Well, maybe maybe uh, pushing little children out of the way might have been the only thing that we were doing, Brian. No, I'm not no. sure. You can't do no, that. I'm, no. I'm joking. We're not, <laughs> we both we both have children. There is no way we'd be doing that. No. No, the, the worst just, part of that day. As long as the kids are good, go, they're fine. But if there's some ill-mannered kids, it's okay if you hit them with a little elbow right quick. Uh, <laughs> No one's gonna know. No the, the one's gonna one know. Right. Mike, Mike caught some uh, ducks, some duck beads. Ah, uh, yeah, very funny because I yeah. really like them. Yeah, those yeah. are nice. Those are nice catches. Uh, I have a bunch of friends that are riding all the different parades, but this year I decided I wasn't going to try and chase them down because now that everyone's getting a little older, they can't see because they're either blind because they get yeah. you know because we're old now <laughs> and need our glasses, <laughs> or they're too drunk to see you anyway. So. I just watch the floats go by and wave at them. And I hold on to my beads from previous years, so I, I'm good go. for now. I'm good for now. Oh, those are nice. Those You're are right, nice. Man. There you go. Those are nice, my friend. But I like look. But Dan, I tell you, I do like the uh, I like the the, the, the Christmas lights the, with the Mardi Gras lights. I like, I, yeah, those are nice. I've got Christmas ones in this year, and I've got my they, my daughter knitted this for me. It's King Cake Baby. So oh, that is awesome. That is that is awesome. Yeah. This is my. We, I'm, I'm using this. So this year I, I'm gonna use this. Uh, this is gonna be my indicator that I need another drink. So what happens is you actually can if you talk or touch it, it'll 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 blink. So now what I'll do is when I need a drink, I'll just put my hand up and I'll just touch this and they'll know to send me another drink. Save them vocal cords, just right, just, just so you know what it is. So but yeah, man, I, I'm it's gonna it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. Brian, do you ever do you ever go to any of the sort of after parties of any of the um the floats? Is that something uh, you ever do? Not really. I'm more of a I'm more I'm more of a of the hang like hang with the people type of thing. Yeah. I like the dive bars. I have been last year. I went to My the Mayor's Ball, which was really nice. I, I really had a good time there. But uh, as far as like just you know dressing up and 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 going to the balls and stuff, that's not necessarily my thing. A lot of my friends yeah. they love doing that. And it's not to say that I won't do it. It's just I'd what rather be in a I'd rather be in a dive bar with a, with a with a four dollar drink in my hand, you know, talking with folks and just listening to everyone. Brian, story. you are a man after my own heart. You really <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, I just that's just that's just my thing. And it's not again. I don't have a. I have all my other friends. They love it. They all movers and shakers. You know, matter of fact, one of my friends, she's like she started her own parade crew. So and and you know one of my friends he was the king of Zulu one year so they do the balls and, and that's what they do and it's just that's just not me it's just not me no, no I, we, I, um, I, sorry now I was gonna say when we when we was in we in town we stayed at the Sheraton for Mardi Gras and obviously they I had, like the Sheraton that's think, a cool hotel that's a cool hotel yeah. but they had the um, was it Rex the Rex ball was yeah. there on Mardi Gras Mardi Gras that freaked me out those people yeah. were weird. Because like, they are. Like, they're just like in tuxedos. Like, what are you doing, man? Just just go with the flight. It's like, uh, not for me. Thank you. The right. whole ball thing. And, and, and I weird. get it. You know, I, I get it. That's there is there is a there is a you know a segment of our population where that's their thing. You know, it's it comes off as yeah. elitist to me. And yes, and and 
Again, yeah. if that's your thing, that's your thing. So I don't want anyone to feel like I'm I'm like crapping on it because I'm not. Because if I have to, you know, if I have to throw a tuxedo on and go to a ball because someone invited me or someone's date or something like that, I'm going. But for me just to say, hey, man, I need a ticket to the ball or something like that, no, nah, I'm not doing that. No. Yeah, no, you no, got to no. do it. Do what you feel comfortable doing, and what makes yeah. you feel like you're enjoying yourself. And if they're enjoying I'm, I'm, that, that's great for them. Yeah, it's not my, I'm a not Jesus, my bag. Dude, I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of guy. I put on a pair of sneakers and and like I said, go out to the dive bar, hang out till the sun comes up, you know, and just and talk to people. And that's how I get my shenanigans. That's how I do my thing. That's me. Well, that, I mean, this is the thing. It was obviously myself and Dan were over in November of last year. And okay. I think I think at one point, Brian, I think you reached out to either myself and Dan and said, oh, let me know where you are. But we we, uh, we, had we was in for Mardi Gras. It, no, it was for uh, Jazz Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lot, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I remember we that. Had a lot of things arranged, but without a shadow of doubt, next time we're over and, and fingers crossed and we we may be over a little bit sooner than um than when the Saints season's on. Okay. We, we hope. We're hoping, aren't we, Dan? So um yeah, without a shadow of doubt, next time we're over, we're instantly in touch with you, which Absolutely. actually is a brilliant segue. We'll come back to Mardi Gras in a minute, but Nathan, our, our guy Nathan from the UK, who went over to New Orleans for his first time this year, he joined our Discord and he was asking us for tips and hints and stuff. And we were giving him what we could. And and one of the greatest things that I saw was on Twitter, he he put up a post about him being over there and Mr. King of Shenanigans got in touch with him. And the, the rest is history for them because I know you met, did you meet them on somewhere around Bourbon and then took them some of your favorite joints? So here's what happened. So <laughs> I, that's just how I roll. Like, you know, first of all, I think you guys are, are awesome. You know, we never met in person, but I think you guys are great. I love interacting with you on Twitter. I love how we just, you know, just talk about life and saints. And I think it's awesome. Yeah. So Nathan and his guys, they came down. This was their first time in New Orleans. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to show them a good time. So I hit them up. I said, hey, let me know where you guys are going to be. I'll join you. And so they were at a bar on Bourbon Street. And actually, that bar wasn't that bad. I mean, the bartender, was, she was, you know, she was really cool. So we walked in, I walked in and I met him and, you know, I, you know, we had a round and then I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to take you guys on a real New Orleans trip. I'm going to take you to in a place where I hang out, where we can get some real drinks and not spend, a, a, you know, an inordinate amount of money. So the first place I took him was to a bar called Lots of Luck. Now, Lots of Luck is a, is a, it's a neighborhood bar. It's literally in the middle of a neighborhood. Yeah. So I took him in there and they walked in and the first thing they saw was a golf video game. It was a uh, I forgot Golden T is the name of the video game. Yeah, and they, they lost it and they lost their minds. They were like, wait, is that a golf game? Oh, we gotta go play. So they're over there playing <laughs> and uh and, and the locals and the regulars they were they were there they saw them and they started just striking up a conversation with them. They're like oh man y'all from England that's cool man so I after a while they forgot about me and I was just sitting back watching them do their thing which was fine <laughs> So then after that, uh, Nathan mentioned that he wanted a cigar. I said, I, I know the perfect place. Because uh, on Fridays, I host trivia at a cigar bar called Whiskey and Sticks, which is actually not that oh, far yeah. from the Jazz Fest. So the next time you guys come to the Jazz Fest, just come walk up the street. Chances are yeah. you'll see me with a microphone. That's the bar you said to us. <laughs> That's we, it. We yeah. didn't, weren't able yes. to get over there. Yes. Yeah. So I took him to Whiskey and Sticks, and uh, Nathan had his cigar. And they said, and actually, there's a picture of him smoking a cigar. And they had a blast, and you know, and, and and the first thing you know, because yeah, I'm just gonna put it out there, and uh, 
they were like, well, I said, I told them where we're going. It was majority. It's on bar. You know, it's, it's a black on bar. And they were like, we're going to be okay, right? Come on, man. Are you serious? You <laughs> <laughs> were so, the king of shenanigans. Come yeah, you were the king of shenanigans. You know, I love everyone. So we get to Whiskey and Sticks, and they meet the owner. The owner is a guy named Ken Jones, who used to be a news anchor out here. And so he uh, he was sitting outside, smoked a cigar, and they just started talking. And they met a bunch of the regulars, which is, it's an older crowd, too. Yeah, a lot of a lot of folks are like retirees and they're just living their best lives. So they they, they came down and they were just sitting down talking to them. And again, they forgot all about me because they made new friends. They were just talking and <laughs> they, they had a blast, man. And then after that, uh, I think yeah, they took an Uber home because they had they got you know they got a little tipsy, and uh, they were like, all right, we ready. So they, they took an Uber back to the hotel, and the next morning they were just gushing about it on Twitter, man. So I'm really glad yeah. that they had a good time. I mean, that's yeah, something it, you said there around, um, like they would, their reservations or, or things like that. But we always say to people, you've got to go beyond Bourbon Street to really, you have to really understand New Orleans and enjoy it. And you can find amazing yeah. bars in neighborhoods. And, you know, people, you know, it's, it's not a cliche, but I always say to people, if you love New Orleans, it loves your back, which is the whole Drew Brees thing. And it goes as far as where you go. You enjoy the people that are there. They will they will give you so much more than Absolutely. you give them just by their company. Um, so I Absolutely. was I was elated to see what you you did for Nathan and his yeah. and his buddies and you know giving them that time. And I know he was just he speaks about you with such high regard. Like yeah, really, yeah, he really absolutely. was appreciative of you doing that for him. Well, I appreciate them, and I'm glad that they had a good time, and I'm glad that they you know they speak well of me. Uh, I just want that look. I, I, I think it's important that if you come to New Orleans, you, you got to have a good time. Yes, Bourbon Street is Bourbon Street, but like Bourbon Street from like from Canal Street for like the first seven or eight blocks, it's just a big tourist trap, and you and you're yeah. not going to really get the New Orleans experience because we don't hang on Bourbon Street. I just no. be flat out answers. The locals aren't on Bourbon Street, so you know I, I met the guys. They were really nice guys. They were cool guys, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna take you on a real New Orleans experience. So I took them where I hang out. And yeah. I, and I, I hang everywhere, man. Like you might like lots of luck is, is like I said, it's a, it's a dive bar. It's in the middle of a neighborhood, you know, and and it's a primary is primarily white neighborhood and everything like that. No big deal. And then whiskey and sticks is is black on, but New Orleans, that's how New Orleans is. Yeah. And you know, it, it really our culture is more important than our skin color. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, we we have more like, like like I have more in common with a white guy from Chalmette than I would with a black person from Detroit, <laughs> you know, cause yeah. we have, a, we, we share a similar culture and that's the beautiful thing about New Orleans, man. So when we had a good time, man, I took those guys everywhere. I took, um, introduced them to my friends and yeah. my friends are the kind of people that if you're cool with me, they're going to be cool with you. And everybody loved them and they loved everybody back. And man, anytime they come back, I got them. That's that's the biggest compliment I think that you can give anyone though. If you if you feel that you're happy for people to meet your friends, that that says a lot about the individuals that you're you sort of met. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure I'm sure Nathan loved his first trip there, but I'm sure he loved it even more because of his uh, his ability to sort of get out of the the tourist traps and sort of go Absolutely, where some locals man. hang out and and as you said, like smoke a cigar and just do all that good stuff and. I'm, I'm now it's definitely something we try and do. Every, every, <laughs> yeah. Cool. You got to. Sorry, Mike. No, no, go on, mate. You've got to just try and... Every time you go somewhere, you just need to 
try new things and push yourself. And uh, we do it. You gotta, when yeah. I take the family to New York. We we just like okay, let's get out of Manhattan. Let's go to Brooklyn. Let's go to the Bronx. Let's go right. to Staten Island. Like experience these places because actually, if you want to experience real culture, you need to go where the people live. Not you got to go where the people live. Yeah, tourism. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You got to go where the people live. You got to go where everyone's having a good time. And again, like I just, a matter of fact, uh, my friend Shay, Shay, come over here. Come here, Shay. <laughs> come on, Shay. She's she's so dramatic. Why? Here she comes. <laughs> no, look, here, look, look, here she go. <laughs> Shay, that was a dramatic entrance. Good on you, girl. There you go. Put that on. Hello there. Uh, Shay, I was just hey, saying that was, a very, that was a very dramatic entrance. Well done. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Brian was saying, uh, I don't know what Brian was actually saying. He was going to about to say something about you, Shay. But what's your oh, experience yeah. of Mardi Gras? What say about me? Oh, so, <laughs> yeah, my bad, y'all. So last week, <laughs> last week, Shay came in town. Uh, she lives in, like, she's from here. We, we've been knowing each other about 22 years and uh so she's moved to texas she's a she's a flight attendant uh, on a private airline so she's she's really Ooh. fancy like that yes yeah, so Shay, she, she Shay's has, fancy she's <laughs> Shay is very fancy so she came in with two of her uh co-workers and it was their first time again in new orleans one was uh she's from new jersey and the other one is from the dominican republic but she lives in miami so they came and uh and and Shay came to Whiskey and Sticks. She met me there, and she was like, "Want to go on a tour in New Orleans?" So we took them on a really, really fast tour. But they got to see New Orleans, same way like with, with Nate and the guys. But I didn't, I didn't take them to, uh, I didn't take them to to lots of luck. But we went to uh, Frenchman Street. We had a couple of drinks there, watched some live music. Uh, then we went to Cafe Du Monde. So they had some beignets. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. you know, you got to have your beignets. And then we went to a uh, actually we went to a bar on Bourbon Street, but we went to a bar further up on Bourbon Street where the locals hang out at. And we we had a good time in there. We were singing along. They had karaoke that night, and we were singing. And I mean, <laughs> it was a really fast tour, but they had a blast, man. They, did. they had a really I, good time. Brian, uh, Brian, I like the fact that you took them to a karaoke where the King of Shenanigans could shout out again. Oh, I love karaoke. <laughs> yeah, I love karaoke. You know, not only not only do I sing, I also host karaoke. So, you know. <laughs> which, yeah. which begs a begs a question. What's your go-to number one? You gotta do one karaoke song. What is it, Brian? You got you one you can do. What one you, do you pick? If I tell you the song that I that my the one karaoke song I do, you will laugh your butt off. <laughs> I wanted my on I wanted that way by the Backstreet Boys. Yes. <laughs> yes. And look, Brian, let me tell you something. Brian. That song when I start, as soon as you hear it, people like they, they hear the first few tones, and then I'll be like, You are my fire, my one desire. Believe. And then when I start, next thing the crowd is going with me. And the next thing you know, you go to hook. Tell me why ain't, ain't nothing, nothing but a Tell me why, and it's just it's insane after that. <laughs> Can I just say that? But last two times, no, not last two times, but what two of the yeah. last, I think, four times that myself and Dan have been over in the city, we've come over with a group of guys, uh, the Saints Block Party guys, Adam and Ryan. Uh, uh -huh. we, we've been we've been in their company, and we've been to Cats Meow. 
Um, uh-huh. On the two on the two occasions we've been there, can you guess what we say? <laughs> Tell me why. And you know what's so funny? As soon as you start singing, and once the crowd realizes what you're singing, they're right there with you. Oh, they're yeah, right I there with you. you. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. If people go and sing sad, sad songs, it's like no people want. People want Backstreet Boys. People <laughs> want Backstreet Boys, man. And that song, <laughs> I don't know why, man, but for some reason, that song just resonates with me, and I will sing the living shit out that song. Brian, I never thought in my history, Brian, that, uh, that I would speak to a New, New Orleanian, and he would say, the people want the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> the people want the Backstreet Boys, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> With the history of music in that city, hey, look, the people want the Backstreet Boys. But hey, look, we're with you. Karaoke-wise, it's because the, the great thing about that song is, as you were saying, Brian, you start you start it, it's a slow burner. It's like, yeah, it's a everyone slow burner, knows. Right. The moment it hits that chorus, the whole, wherever you are, everybody right. is singing it back at you. Everybody um, is singing it yeah. back with you. It's a, it's, a joyous, it's a joyous song to sing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a really cool song, man. I, I like that song. Uh, my other song, my other song. Yeah. As a matter of fact, this guy's from England. Return of the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Morrison. <laughs> you, yep, you lied to me. So it's so funny. One, like I, I love that song. The first time I heard it back in 93, 94, I was like, all right, I like this song. You know, yeah. the whole the video he's sitting in the chair, like he's back in town, and his girl cheated on him, and now he's doing better in life, and now she wants him back and he doesn't want to be bothered. Get away from me, girl. I don't like you no more. I'm the Mac, I've returned. So I I, <laughs> I love that song. So but my favorite part of the song is you lied to me. And <laughs> so one day I was playing it in the jukebox. At the time I was living in Atlanta, and yeah. I was playing that song in the jukebox. And then I was just like, that little one part you lied to me. I said, you could take that and make it almost make it a meme. Like, if someone says something to you, like you meet a girl who says, hey, you know, I thought you didn't have any kids. You lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you told me you lived alone. You lied to me. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to steal that idea, idea and I'm going to record that and I'll post it on Twitter whenever anyone. <laughs> no, I already have the meme. Yeah, like, I already have the. I already have the meme oh. made. So it's Mark Brunson yeah. going, "You lied to me." So when after this is done, I'm going to post it for you. Just do a meme of someone saying, "Our car is the QB of the future." You lied to me. <laughs> oh my days. Oh yes, I love Dennis, it. Dennis, love Dennis it. Allen's all about continuing the culture. You lied to you me. You lied to me. <laughs> Dennis Allen said we were gonna go 14 Ooh. and 3. You lied to me. You lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> this wow. has been my favorite 10 minutes. We've ever recorded on this podcast. <laughs> you know what? I never, I you never should have thought. given this meme to Jameis Winston when, yeah. when Dennis Allen said he's going to get his job back after he, you know, once he healed oh, up from the injury. When, yeah, when he broke his back. <laughs> yeah. Right. After your back is healed, you're going to get your job back, Jameis. You lied to me. <laughs> I never in a million years thought. Dennis Allen, Jameis, you're going to take a knee, right? <laughs> you lied to me. <laughs> 
I cannot, can I just say, Brian, I never thought that we'd get on the pod and we would spend five and a half minutes talking about the Backstreet Boys and Mark Morrison. Uh, that, that's a new Who one knew? on me. Love that it. Really, Who I knew? Love it. Love it. That's called shenanigans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's, exactly. Called, that, that's what shenanigans is. Oh, my days. Oh, that's I needed this. That, I needed this. That, that yeah. meme idea is absolutely outstanding. And... <laughs> Unfortunately for you, Brian, that's going to be that's from this podcast. That's going to be plucked, and it's probably going to be used about 122 times. I'm okay with it. Matter of <laughs> fact, I'm going to post the meme and make sure you don't get it. So you better copy gonna, and paste it when I post it. <laughs> we're going to. You're getting the credit for it, my friend. You really are. You really are. <laughs> Dad, Dan, what's your go-to karaoke song? Don't really have one to be honest. Um, I, nah. I, I, uh, uh, I, I admit, I'm, I'm, do you know what? Like a typical middle aged white man is like Mr. Brightside or some shit like that, probably. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, it's, you it's the one that we all run for. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but I like Buffalo Soldier. Buffalo Soldier by Bob Molly is a good one. Uh, when Doves Cry by Prince, obviously, you can't go wrong with that one. Uh, um, Let's see what else. But you know what? It's, it's it's a good karaoke song, but the problem is it just takes too it's too much of a slow burn. Uh, in the air tonight with Phil Collins because everyone's yeah, waiting yeah, for yeah. the everyone's waiting for the drum. I can feel it calling in the air. Right, and that's why everyone's waiting for that part. So that's it. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got five minutes of, of him just singing with with no beat, but once the yeah. beat comes in, everybody's like, "Yay!" Yeah, but everything for five minutes is like, what the fuck? Can we just right? Like, oh, all right, we yeah. get it, we get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're thinking, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, thinking yeah. You gotta get early, tubs. You gotta get them early. Yeah, you, yeah. you're right because you know for five minutes everyone's thinking of Crockett and Tubbs riding around dealing drugs. Yeah, yeah. Miami, right? <laughs> <laughs> a man, a man after my own heart. What a, what a series <laughs> that was. That was ahead of oh, its time. That yeah, that was. It really was. It really was. Michael mm. Mann is is a, a visionary. So he, yeah, he's he's done some good stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. I think we probably should draw it back on to um, <laughs> a little bit of Mardi Gras talk. <laughs> okay, no uh, problem. Right. Look, I'm here for whatever, man. No, I was, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're going. We're going back to to whatever we've just had in five minutes. But um, <laughs> just a quick, 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 me, myself and Dan, sort of. Obviously, from the outside looking in, people look at Mardi Gras and just think it's an excuse to go out party and have a good time, which of course it is. Um, from somebody who's a local, what what else does Mardi Gras sort of mean to you, Brian? What, what else does it it's represent? It's a time to, well, you know, and here's the thing. I mean, Mardi Gras, it, the carnival season starts on December 6th. It's the 12th day of Christmas. All this stuff is based in, in Christianity and yeah. Catholicism. You know, it's like, it's the 12th day when the three kings went to visit baby Jesus. So King's Day is, is the beginning, official beginning of carnival season. And it's just basically a good time. Now, for this year, Mardi Gras showed up really, really, really fast. I mean, you know, it, it's yeah, February 14th, yeah. and so we, we didn't have much of a turnaround. <laughs> so it's like, all right, it was it was Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Mardi Gras. So yeah, yeah, yeah. normally you have that slow burn, but for the locals, it's just really a, just a time to just kind of relax, enjoy each other, enjoy each other's company, have a good time, you know. You know, we have like we'll have cookouts or we'll you know you will go to different places, we'll 
have get-togethers at our friend's house. It's just basically just it's a time of mirth. And then, yeah. of course, you know, you have then you'll have Lent. So you have Mardi Gras Day and you'll have Ash Wednesday. And uh, being that New Orleans is a very Catholic city, uh, what will happen is that's the kind of time where everyone just kind of just lays low. You know, a lot yeah. of people, they're Catholics here, so they'll go get their ashes on Wednesday and then they'll give something up for Lent. So during that time, there's not really much going on in the city. And then, but also around that time, that's the end of winter, beginning of spring. So yeah. right after we come out of, uh, you know, right when we come out of Atlanta, you know, you got Easter, but it's also festival season. So yeah, uh, it's it's a really cool time. It's a fun time. Uh, I really like for me as a local. I've, you know, I've been here all my life. My parents are, you know, funny. Here's the thing: my parents are actually from Honduras. My mother and father okay. from Honduras. So uh, they moved when you know they moved here individually. They met. They got married in 1970. Had me three years later. I have a sister that lives in Miami. Uh, she's two years younger than me, but I've always enjoyed Mardi Gras. I've always just liked the fact that it's a time where New Orleans just kind of just everyone just like you go out of your way to be happy. Like there's like yeah. no bad vibes during this time. You know what I mean? And, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, it's kind of changed a little bit how I do it. When I was younger as a kid, I just couldn't wait. To, you know, I love the parades, want to catch all the bees and catch all of the blooms and stuff. Yeah. And as I got old, I wanted to hang out with my friends and hang out. Yeah. In, in my early twenties, I when I was really with the with the shenanigans, wanted to go on Bourbon Street and see every boob I can see. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and now that I'm, you know, now that I'm a you know middle aged guy, I'm, I enjoy just spending time with my friends. They come in town, like like Shay. She yeah, comes, yeah, yeah. She's in town, and I have a lot of friends that come to visit. Uh, a lot of my, also my friends are in the in the parades. So. Uh, a couple of years ago, one of my good friends was King of Zulu. Uh, again, one of one of my other friends, she's a judge. She's actually formed her own parade crew. So it's really cool to see how, you know, we've kind of literally taken Mardi Gras and made it our own as we've gotten older. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy it. I just, I really do. I just like the, I've been meeting people like y'all, you know, just yeah, yeah. Be, be making total friends out of complete strangers from all over the planet, man. Like, yeah, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. No, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We we found it when we we're over there, and it's it's funny enough because obviously the year myself and Dan went was the year after uh, Mardi Gras didn't happen because of obviously lockdowns, etc. Yeah, yeah. And we and at the time, even though like since then, people said to me that the following year was where it really came back. Oh my um, goodness, man! We found, but we found, oh, we found goodness. Brian in twenty twenty two. It was like. I don't think I realized how important it was to people socially and culturally. That yeah. was the thing that I didn't realize because we, you know, I, I think I said, I think I spoke to Dan at the time when Dan was there and I spoke to a couple of people and they were almost in tears with the fact that Mardi Gras was back. Yes. Um, because it was back, so, yeah. yeah, no, because it was so important to them from a social and cultural aspect. Yes. So um, in 2020, you know, that's when you had to be very beginning of the pandemic. So we had Mardi Gras, and it wound up yeah. being a, a huge super spreader event. Yeah, so right yeah. after Mardi Gras, people started dropping like flies, man. Like they, like the uh, matter of fact, the crew of Zulu lost so many members because of COVID. Yeah. So you know, and and you know, the mayor she decided you know the best thing to do is just lock everything down. So mm. and I can remember when it happened. It was, you know, I was in Texas and I had a friend that worked for the CDC, and I'm like. Man, what's this coronavirus thing, man? What did I hear about this? Is, is it a big deal? He was like, dude, go home, 
go to the store, get your stuff. You're going to be inside for a while. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. He was like, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I come back home from Texas from work. Uh, I go out that weekend. As a matter of fact, it was it was St. Patrick's Day weekend. Yeah. And after that, man, they shut everything down. And everything was shut down from like, you know, it was shut down for a while. Yeah. So 2021 comes along. There's no Mardi Gras. And matter of fact, that year it was very, very, very cold too. Like it was like, so even if we didn't have Mardi Gras, if we had it, it wouldn't have been fun anyway because it was like, it was a, it was like Antarctica out there. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything was froze completely over. There was a blizzard came through. It was just all bad. So then 2022 comes and everything's open up again. And man, I can tell you, just like you said, it was just so much fun to be outside again. Like, yeah. and, and we didn't realize how much we missed Mardi Gras mm. until it actually happened. Because, man, look, this, that was the first time they shut Mardi Gras down since 1979. Mm. And during that year, 1979, they had a police strike. So there was no security for the parade, so they couldn't have Mardi Gras. Yeah. I mean, even after Katrina. So, you know, Katrina hit in 05. That, that January and February of 06, <laughs> they had Mardi Gras. It was a much... It was a much reduced Mardi Gras, but they still had it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for them not to have parades, not to have anything, nah, that, you know, that we, we really missed it. So 2022 came along and everyone's back outside. And man, when I tell you, everyone just, people just hugging each other. It was like, it was just, it was good to have Mardi Gras back. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. what we saw. People just like, mm-hmm. embracing in the street. Like they yeah. maybe hadn't seen each other for a while. and. Fathers and sons throwing a football around. That, that we was on Canal because that's where our hotel was on Mardi Gras. Right, but just right. seeing families just emotional outpouring because they yeah. wasn't sure that it was going to happen because of right. what had happened in the previous eighteen months. It was. It right. was for us. It was in. It was you know a very. Um, I would say emotional, but we it, we felt something as tourists coming over and seeing that that said this means more than just. You know, you grow up, people talk about Mardi Gras, they go, oh, yeah, it's, it's an excuse to flash some boobs and get some beads. And it's like right, on a grinder yeah. scales and Bourbon Street. But I know I can now come back and say to people, it's it's so much more. Like you say, it's, so it's, much more it's than that, yeah. culturally ingrained in the city. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that it is, you know, everyone's favorite festival, everyone's favorite it, event. It's our time to go out your way to be nice to people. Pretty much, yeah. it, that's pretty much what it is. Like if, when the rest of the world's being moody because it's after Christmas and it's January and it's miserable, New right. Orleans is just embracing. You know, right, people. Yeah. Are, you know, it's after Christmas. Everyone is still trying to recover from Christmas because you know they don't have any more money because they spent all their money on Christmas and yeah. you know, and we have this big free show. So you know, and it's it's, it's our thing. We love it. Uh, it's and, and and we love sharing it. Like we love sharing it with people who appreciate it. Like if you're the kind of person that you just uh, ill-mannered, contrary, and you just don't get along well with each, with people. Mardi Gras is not for you. Matter yeah. of fact, we don't we don't want you here because yeah, all you're absolutely. gonna do is make you're gonna make it you're gonna make it miserable for everybody else. You can bring but everyone still, else down. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. gonna bring everyone else down. But if yeah, you're the kind yeah. of person you love to have a good time, you want to have fun, you want to you know you want to walk down the street with a drink in your hand because you can't do that way where you live. You know you want to meet total strangers and do all kind of goofy stuff. Then absolutely. Uh, right there, she's looking. She's looking for a charger, y'all. Yeah. Then New Orleans is yeah. Mardi Gras is, is is your kind of place, man. It's your kind of place is your kind of thing. And and if you run into me, I'm gonna make sure you have a good time. Oh, uh, we know that. <laughs> we absolutely know that. Um, yeah, I mean, but like, yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's one of those things. I'm 
you know, I've, I've said it on this pod before, Brian. It's like I'm hoping, and it, it, probably next year might be a stretch now with the whole Super Bowl um, being in in New Orleans, and obviously, oh yeah, I, that's going to be I crazy. Think, yeah, I think it's going to be crazy. But the thing is, like we've spoken about this before on the pod, it's like both my sons want to go over, and my sons, we will. We were going to do it this year, and it couldn't happen from because Mardi Gras was so early in the year, right? And also because of the Super Bowl, um, we just couldn't make it happen. But we were waiting because my youngest son to it turned twenty-one in December, so we wanted yeah. to make sure that when he came to New Orleans, he'd be able to fully invest. And in, you know, if we if we went into a dive bar with a king of shenanigans, he could come in because he's old enough. Absolutely. So. so we're possibly looking at, at doing it next year. Um, and I would love, one of the things that I would love for them to see is the whole thing that like Dan was explaining yourself was explaining Brian about this cultural sort of investment, but also this cultural mix whereby, Absolutely. you know, thankfully myself and Dan have been over there and it really was that case that you walk down the street, somebody would do something absolutely stupid in front of you, but you know, good, stupid. Right. And It'd be a good stupid. That, and, and you sort of laugh at them, they'd embrace, you'd high five and you'd go on your way. And I just want my kids to be able to see that sort of cultural mix whereby it's all about having good times and it's all about just sort of enjoying the moment, which right. I think, unfortunately, especially for younger kids now, that quite often they don't get that opportunity to just enjoy the moment. Um, they don't. And they, they really don't. I mean, these poor kids now, they're so angst-ridden. And I think it's yeah. kind of our fault. Because you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. not over something, <laughs> but yeah, they, like when we were kids, we like, like fun was what you did. Like being a kid, fun was was a function. That's that yeah. was a function of being a kid. I mean, these days, these poor kids, man, they just they're just unhappy. So, yeah, we gotta give them some joy anywhere we can. Yeah, we no. we used to drink out the hose. We used to drink out the hose. They won't even drink out the tap. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't drink that. There's too many chlorofarbins or whatever they could. Fluorocarbons in it. We can't drink that. Man, give me that Calories holes, man. Right. That, that's the flavor. <laughs> same, people, same people picking their beads up off the street, though, Brian. <laughs> well, if, oh, the, if, the bees, if, if the bees hit the street, it's for the street. You leave them yeah. on the street. Unless they're really, really nice <laughs> yeah. bees. Then you pick them up. But normally well, hey, what happens yeah. is, if, you know, they don't hand them to you now. They, unless unless it's like, you know, you work a deal out with somebody on the float and he decides he wants to throw it to you. But for the most part, they'll hand you they'll hand you really nice beat. They'll actually call you to the float and they can get it. Yeah. The, the only, the, uh, yeah, yeah, again, not from a local, but, and only from what myself and Dan saw when we were over there. If you, were, um, if you are somebody who's desperate for beads and for some special beads, I would say... But if you go to the, the junction of Gravier and Magazine, you're probably going to get some really good beads because that's where a lot of the floats stop. And yep. that's when there's a pile on. And it literally yeah. they are throwing. They're throwing their children out. You could catch a child on some beads. I'm telling you that now. You're, you're not lying about that because by the time <laughs> they get to the end of the parade, yeah. they can't, you can't take that stuff with you. It's over with. That's 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 the end of the parade. That's probably going to be the only parade you're going to be in. So you're not going to take those bees and put them on another float. And you damn sure don't want to hold on to that stuff for another year. So yeah, they're gonna. You know, if you're like you say, you're there. They'll they'll throw some stuff at you just to 
get it off the float because they don't want to lug their stuff back home. Yeah, so that's a good spot, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say my, my um Dan, I don't know. So go on, mate. I was gonna ask like, like Brian, what your like, earliest memories of Mardi Gras, like as a kid growing up. My earliest memories of Mardi Gras going up is being with my parents and their friends. And it's funny because I tomorrow I guarantee you, well, not tomorrow, but Sunday. When my parents had a Super Bowl party, there's going to be a lot of, of their folks there, a lot of their friends there, and they're going to remind me of the time that they used to pick me up and put me on their shoulders. And uh, well, they can't do that anymore. So, <laughs> but uh, you can you know, try. No, no, they, they will fail miserably. <laughs> it would be a bad scene, man. Hey, uh, Brian, if I, if I get if I get over there next year, my eldest son's twenty seven. He's quite a well built lad. I'll see if he can get you on his shoulders. No, we're not um, doing that. No, we're not doing. No. That. <laughs> <laughs> I tell I you what, though. You. So it, it, here's the funny thing. It, it's actually funny now that we talk about it because Shane has a daughter. Her, her daughter is twenty years old. She attends the University of Oregon. And when I lived in Atlanta, I would come home to visit, and we would all Stay by our friend's house. Now, you know, our friend Tanya, here, this is, this is, let me tell you how cool life is. Yeah, so yeah. our friend Tanya, her son now plays in the NBA. So, oh, wow. yeah, so, but so she's, uh, she's doing her thing. But when we all used to come and stay at her house, at the time, Shay's daughter was like preteen. And yeah. so summer, I used to take summer and, and put on my shoulder. She demanded that every, when we go to the parades, I have to put on my shoulder. Well, Summer's 20 now, and I won't be carrying summer on my shoulders no, anymore. No, 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 no. <laughs> Brian, you, you, you be getting arrested, my friend. <laughs> well, just I just can't do it. Just can't. No. <laughs> summer's taller than me, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the, it's the way they grow. As I was saying, yeah. like, I, I've got two sons, 21, 27. And, um, yeah. Like, now, I will tell you, he, he you know, if he starts talking to some young lady – and she hears his accent. Trust me, she's yeah. gonna climb on his back, and he's gonna have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, that's why we need the uh, king of shenanigans to stop some of those shenanigans going on. Because uh, unfortunately, for, unfortunately for us, we've had a few friends who've come over who are not young lads who should know better of. Uh, been on the end of some shenanigans, should okay. we say, Brian? Yeah, man. <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing about New Orleans and Mardi Gras, there's a, there's a. There, there's a lot that's permissible, but yeah. it's all based on consent. Like, if they yeah. say cool, like, there's a lot of stuff that people do that they normally wouldn't do. But because it's Mardi Gras, it's carnival season, we're having a good time. Man, it's, it's whatever. But, you know, as long as there, you have that consent, you know, you can pretty much do almost anything you want. But the people that, that go too far, the ones who, like, just, they don't have any tact, they don't have any common sense. They don't know how to behave well with others, or they yeah. just just downright creeps. Those are the ones that that get themselves in trouble, and then they don't they don't understand why they're in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the thing about the ones when you can, you don't want to go to jail during Mardi Gras because you're gonna be there at least two weeks. Uh, you're yeah. not getting out. The judges aren't. The judges the courts are closed because all the judges are riding on the floats. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you're not getting out of jail, dog. So. No. You know, if you if you describe, if you want to get disqualified from Mardi Gras for, you know, you did that to yourself, because yeah. they also they the police are pretty cool. They will allow for a lot of stuff to happen until they won't. 
And really, all they want you to do is just do what they ask you to do. Yeah. You know, these, these folks, they work 12-hour shifts, and they work every single day for two weeks straight. So they don't have time to be arguing with somebody, you know, that wants to give them any feedback about, you know, doing something. If they say, <laughs> yeah. hey, don't yeah, do yeah. that, behave, calm down, calm down, go over there, do what they say. Yeah. But if they have to get involved, yeah. trust me, they, you know, if you're going to make them do work, they're going to make it miserable for you. Nah, one, one of the things I always say to people, if they say, oh, I'm thinking about Mardi Gras, I go to them, make sure if you're going to be drinking all day and you're parading, you are near a public restroom. Because if you urinate in public, you are going to prison. You're going <laughs> so, to jail. You're going to get yeah. arrested. Like, in the UK, jail. you can get away with just you know, doing that in an alley. But I say, like, in New Orleans, yeah. if the police see you, you are in trouble. Like, it's just understanding yeah. these things. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah right. I mean, and I will tell you this. The good thing about Mardi Gras now is that they, you know, now they, the logistics of Mardi Gras have improved so much yeah. over, you know, since I, you know, since I was younger. Like there are porta potties everywhere. Now there are porta potties yeah. everywhere, so you shouldn't really have a reason to to pee outside. But if you do, you know, just make sure you're smart about it. Like, you know, when I do the Mardi Gras tips, you should keep a plastic bottle in your car. You should keep a cup in your car, or something like that, <laughs> yeah. in the event that you gotta go. You know, so uh, you do what you have to do. But yeah, you don't want to get caught Brian, Brian, your your tips were invaluable to me when, when me and Dan came over. Literally, it was just like, yeah, thanks, Brian, mate. And it was that thing, like, <laughs> mate, it was like the fact that you were saying, right, start getting your steps in now, start walking like a month. Stay and hydrated. Half before. Stay, Stay hydrated. hydrated. Just yeah. do and, and that's exactly the things that I was doing. I was like, right, yeah, I, I like walking, but Obviously, and the great thing, thankfully, for me and Dan is when we came over is that the weather was absolutely spectacular. We, yes. we were lucky. Yes. We were lucky late, that year. It? It was like it, late February, early March, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we were lucky with the weather and it, and they were invaluable because it was like, but you were right, Brett Bryant, because one of the things is I, I was reading about the one thing and it was about, all right, how, where are you going to be able to pee? But you're right. Obviously, they looked at that. And now they've sorted that out. So there was never, I never in all the time I was over there was concerned about where I was going to pee. Right. Because the, the restrooms were everywhere. That right. they, they, The porto potties were there. But also even bars, I think, were a little bit more like we understanding about the fact that, you know. Bars are a lot. Yeah, they really are understanding. Yeah. The bars are really cool <laughs> about that. What they will do is, yeah. uh, you know, some bars are like, hey, look, one drink minimal, man. Just, just buy. Yeah, yeah. Drink. But also, Brian, you know, you're talking and, and, to a couple. You're talking to a couple of bits, Brits. Buying buying a drink in a bar to have a piss—that's second nature. I do. <laughs> that's that. exactly. Do that. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So you get it. So right. So you know. So you get it. So, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll go into. I'll go into a bar Mike, and get myself a drink. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Dad. Mike has a list of right. This shows how often we come to New Orleans. Mike has a list of. Bars and hotels that he will go to the toilet in, and he he knows like oh I'm in this area, that's my bar or hotel if I desperately need to go to the toilet. That's yes. like we you know we're what? like in tell, there. Tell, you, tell you what, let me let me let me let me hear your list. Tell me tell me about these spots. Oh no, I, I I haven't I haven't got it off the top of my head. But but right. Brian, this is more Sheraton is one. Sheraton's more one. importantly, uh, yeah, Sher absolutely Sheraton. I will use the Sheraton yeah. restroom. Just driving down the street, I'm like, oh man, I use bathroom. I will go to the Sheraton. So yeah, on the on the first Sheraton's floor, highly that's recommended. My favorite. That's yes. my favorite. Yeah, the, Dan, do you want? <laughs> so Dan, I used to work in that Sheraton. 
<laughs> so, right. But there's I a one on the second floor that's pretty good too. Dan's going to um, tell you about the story of the first time that we stayed at the oh, Sheraton together, God. Already, mate. Oh, God. I can't believe you I, just said that. Oh, sorry. You're not going to so, tell that story. No. You brought okay, up, yeah, you right, brought so, up restrooms. Right. Fine, fine, fine. So we the first time I come to New Orleans from Mardi Gras, I get in on the Saturday night late. And I don't sleep. I get into bed. Mike's a mess because he's been out drinking all day. He, <laughs> right. He, yeah. I walk in the room. I go, I'm not going out. It's like 1 a.m. I said, I'm not going out. I've just I've been on traveling for like 18 hours. He looks up at me as like a zombie. Like he doesn't know what's going on with the world. I laid her in bed, like doing the luge for like six hours because I can't sleep. <laughs> We get up, we go to Ruby Slipper for breakfast across the road, and I say, yeah. I've got to go back to the Ruby hotel like, to go Ruby to the, Slipper's nice. Ruby to the Slipper's toilet. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. And then I'm so out of it, I don't, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. So, so he, by Friday, he's in, the, he's, so in the, he's in those second floor or the first second floor, you know, up the escalator. Yeah, he got the escalator. Uh, Starbucks. Right. That's, that's, yeah. Where, that's where Dan is. Yeah, All right, on, so mate. you're by the Starbucks. I'm exactly where you're at. Yeah, yeah, but the, the the toilets in the US have got that gap, haven't they, on the seat? Like, yes, when you put the seat down, so I'm sitting on the toilet, I don't realize. I look down, I'm like, oh my god, someone has peed all over the floor, and then I realize it's not someone, it's me, where I'm so tired and jet lagged. I haven't, and Brian, I don't know how I miss my jeans, but I come downstairs. And I'm like, all right, Mike, uh, I'll catch you a minute. Mike goes to the toilet, he comes down, he goes, can you believe some disgusting person did that in that toilet? They've peed all over the floor. I was like, yeah, it was, it was, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, so jet-lagged, I didn't have a clue what was going on. It was horrendous. And he brings it up all the time. Oh, no, I don't. That's the first. That's the first time I've asked you to say it publicly on this podcast. Friend. On this podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> yeah. that it worked out well for you. you the Lord was yeah, with you. Tourist. That's why. That's why. You <laughs> <messed up> <laughs> yeah, the Lord was with him. That's why he's like, on his own jeans. It was like, right? yeah, that's why he's on his own jeans. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Pulp Fiction with Samuel Jackson, where he doesn't get shot, and I'm like, there you go, uh, there you go. Yeah, that's that, divine that intervention. Was, that, that was divine. That was the Lord looking out for you. He he knew you were tired. He knew you meant well, and yeah. you know that's well, he didn't want your mess up. Right, right, Brian. It's one. It's, it's one of the things that me and me and Dan laugh about when you it, it, when you get the opportunity to come to the uh, UK to visit us. <clears throat> we'll do a tour of um, restrooms in bars, restaurants, I'm here for and shops. It. I, look, yeah. let me tell you something, well, and, and, and I shouldn't share this, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tell of, me why. <laughs> Shay and I have been known to uh to uh look at dive bar restaurants. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at them. Now we'll go in there and be like, all right, this is this one's okay. And we'll and we will rate them based on uh your ability to to tinkle there. And so <laughs> you know, we don't stay long, we just go in and check it out and go, then we go about our business. Yeah, you know, I did that. <laughs> She's blushing. <laughs> I think that Brian, if you ask if you, if you ask Dan what his favorite restroom in the city of New Orleans is, oh, I think I know least... I think I know the one that he's gonna say. Where's you might you might know the bar because it's a really good dive bar off bourbon. Go on, Dan. 
There's a I cannot deal with it. I cannot be, deal with the toilets in the Erin Rose because it's one toilet and there's no lock on the door. Oh, the, and the door the opens Rose, yeah, into the yeah. middle of the bar. It does. <laughs> like, make sure your fly is up when you're done. When you open yeah, the door, yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, are, you are not. <laughs> If, if you need to take a dump, you are not going in that toilet. You are in trouble if you sit yeah, there look, and push your foot at that door. Uh, the restrooms, <laughs> those restrooms are designed for number one and number one only. If you got the yeah, bubble yeah, guts, I suggest you go back to your yeah, you gotta go back to your <laughs> yeah. hotel room if you got no, the no, bubble no. guts. And, and here's a here's a very, very good, quick here's a very good tip for everyone. If you've got the bubble guts, you need to hit the Sheraton if you're in yes. Road. That's yes. probably the nearest uh Nearest uh, uh, restroom that you can do that that type of right, uh, and there's a bunch of hotels that now I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, there is one, uh, but you have to act like you've been there, you have to act like you know where you're going, otherwise, they're gonna look at you crazy. The uh, the Royal Orleans, yes, yeah, the Royal Orleans Hotel, yeah, that's that's it's the same place where the river room is. It's the same restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the same. Yeah, where the river room is. If you go up in there, so you go up the marble, you go up the marble steps because that's the lobby, and then and if you go like to your left and around the bend, there's a restroom there, and you can go in there and do what you gotta do. But again, you gotta walk in there like you like you've been there before. If you if you walk around, start yeah, looking around like, oh my god. Yeah, security is going to escort you out the door. Brian, so you've been you... in the end zone before. I've done it. There you <laughs> yeah, go, my man. Brian, hey, my man. Did you ever think you were going to come on a podcast and we'd be talking about the best restaurants to have bubble guts in? Uh, I don't think you did. You know what? But I, I, I didn't think so. But I'm glad that we did because the world. Hey, is, this is good information. This is stuff that but, the world needs to know. Hey, look, this is survival. We people in need to know. Everybody yeah, exactly. pees. <laughs> I remember so going to the public service. I'm not going to name the restaurant, but I remember I sent down a picture when I was there uh, three years ago on my own. <laughs> and I went into a restaurant and I did need, I, I just needed to pee. Um, right. This restaurant was the most incredible thing I've ever seen because they had a toilet seat next to the urinal. There was no door, no blood. And I was like, what the, what the hell? Right. There was no lock on the door, so if somebody was in there with the bubble guts doing their thing, you'd have, you're to, just, have to. It is what it is. And, Mind your business. Pit, you could, you'd be peeing next to them and high fiving them or fist bumping them about what Pretty you're much. doing. And I was just like, "What? What the hell is this about?" But that's the difference between the UK and the US. Is restrooms are the, the restrooms in the UK give you privacy? They really, okay. really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the, 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 where is this podcast going? This is shenanigans, man. This is straight up shenanigans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is what it is, right? <laughs> can, can I ask you? Um, obviously, we know your love and your affinity for Mardi Gras, and obviously, myself and Dan have said, even when we came over there, we followed all your top tips. What other, whatever, what other of the festivals in New Orleans do you really enjoy, or do you actually go out and try and enjoy? Oh it? yeah, absolutely, man. Look, I love the French Quarter Fest. So the French Quarter Fest is right. It's about maybe a month before the Jazz Fest, and it's, it's the eleventh. Really it's the eleventh to the fourteenth of April this year. There, yes, the it is. Why, there you go. The not, reason not, why I know because is we're looking what, at it. That's because what me and Dad are trying to come over for. Well, if you come for that, man, that's a great time, man. And and yeah. 
we'll make sure I'll make sure we take care of you when you get here. So yeah, absolutely. So the French Quarter Fest is is awesome, and I love the French Quarter Fest. You have a lot, a lot of uh, like local local bands, and it's just yeah. basically New Orleans loving on itself. It's New Orleans giving itself a hug. So the French yeah. Quarter Fest is really cool. I like uh, what else? What else? There's a bunch of little festivals that I like, man. Uh, there's there's uh, we have the Poor Boy Festival. There's yeah. one of Ferret Street Festival. That's a pretty good one. I like Jazz Fest, but Jazz Fest has become very, very corporate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now they got the rolling. The Stones are going to be here this year. So normally what I, I, I haven't gone to the Jazz Fest in, in a long, long time. Matter of fact, the last time I went to the Jazz Fest was with Shay. <laughs> and uh, so. Beautiful uh, Shay. Beautiful Shay. Yes, that's beautiful Shay. So. That's the last time I went to to the Jazz Fest, and I just I'm over that. Uh, and there's a bunch of little just little different things that a lot of these places do, uh, and and I have a good time there, and I have a lot of fun there. Now I'll tell you one fest that I do like that's not in New Orleans. It's called Oyster Fest. Oyster Fest is in Atlanta, and that's a pretty cool thing too. It's by a bar called the Steamhouse Lounge, and they block off the street, and they just have concerts, and it's a cool little cool little vibe. So. If I sneak out of town for sometimes I might go to I'll go to Oyster Fest for a weekend, but uh yeah. like the French Quarter Fest definitely uh for uh Forest Street Festival is pretty cool. Uh you know, and like even though I don't do jazz fest, Bayou Road, we're over there where we you know we have a lot of stuff going on on Bayou Road by Whiskey and Sticks. That's a yeah. cool little vibe. So you got that. And uh just just basically just you know, a lot of little smaller festivals are really, really cool. Satchmo Fest is pretty cool. Uh where we, you know, we celebrate uh Louis Armstrong. That's that's yeah. a cool one. And uh and then as you go on towards, you know, during the summer, it just gets really hot. So you have Essence Festival, Essence Music Festival, which up until last year was a really, really cool festival. It basically a celebration of 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 you know of black culture. Yeah. Uh, you know, Essence magazine, they'll come down and you have all these celebrities come in town. And it, that's a really cool festival. The problem is, it's in the middle of July, and it's a big sauna. So, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. But you know, yeah. we make it happen. I, I, but Brian, I, I thought about Essence Fest is the one that I, I would love to come for because I'm come check it out, fan. man. Come on, you yeah, would have a blast. I'm a huge, you would have a blast. I'm a huge R and B fan. But the first time I remember, the first time I, I went over to New Orleans, and I, I went first time I went was with my wife, and I remember chatting to some guy. We were doing a tour with him and. You just chat and stuff, and he just went. Don't even think about coming in July. Like this white, pale, middle-aged Englishman, he was like, <laughs> you, "You, you wouldn't survive." And I was like, "You know what? I get you. I, I, I know enough about the city to know that you're absolutely right." So that's the one thing that, because I've always wanted to go there. Because there have been times. Uh, I think it was about four, three or four years ago. I think mm -hmm. Maxwell was headlining. I love Maxwell. Man, look, um, and you I want thought, to come to Essence? Mm. Come to Essence, just wear sunscreen. You'll be fine. <laughs> just, go, just, go to, yeah. just go to the cinema on the mall when you're not. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. And here's the thing. So during Essence, you got a lot of the, like the bars and the clubs. And then you know, a lot of places, they have like all these different little uh, things that you can do and go. So you don't actually have to be outside the entire time. No, so one no, time, no, no. one time you're really outside is when you're walking from place to place. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the convention center, that's that thing is huge. And there's so much going on in the convention center, you can just walk up and down the convention center and have a good time in there. And the concerts in the Superdome, so you're not going to be hot. No, or you're not no, going to no, be. No. 
So you'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, just shit. do like yeah, you do for Mardi Gras. Just hydrate yourself, yeah, super man. Super dope. Super man. If I think about it now, it's sort of thing whereby Dan knows me. I don't get in until three or four in the morning. I'll just allow myself to sleep in a little bit longer. That's then it. Sort of go, go to um go to a um, air conditioned venue until Essence is back on, then hit there. So I'll never see the sunlight. There so you I'll, go. Yeah, yeah. So that then you know that's called planning. That's called good planning. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, yeah. come check out Essence. You'd have a great time. Yeah. Now, mm. last year there was a there was kind of a controversy because they tried to cater Essence to the younger crowd. The younger demographic, yeah, and that wasn't that wasn't fun at all, and and the feedback was was massive. It was huge, and I think this year they're going to do better. So we'll wait to yeah. see. We'll wait to see what the what the lineup looks like, and uh, depending on what the lineup looks like, man, definitely plan a trip and then come on down in July. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. But I love it because I I watch loads of stuff on the internet like obviously not the the main sort of like i, I see obviously in the in the superdome like yeah the main apps that are there but everything around whether it be in the convention center or in the other areas and it was like even things like a couple of years ago like unfortunately like alexander <coughs> o'neill alexander o'neill i absolutely love. i love alexander o'neill man look back back in <laughs> hey hey brian but back in the 80s um and probably in the 90s in in his absolutely vocal heyday yes uh, you know apart from luther nobody could probably touch him he was alexander o'neill was unreal man like i yeah. man look, i've been a big fan of alexander o'neill did yeah. you know that he was supposed to be the original singer of the time the lead singer of the time yeah 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 and um, him yeah. and prince yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get so off, they? no, they yeah. didn't. You know, he, you know, <laughs> and so but Alexander yeah. he, O'Neill, he got with uh Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, man, and yeah. he put out some hits, man. Oh no, no, no. But uh, obviously, you know, not in a hurry way. Unfortunately, he had a huge major drug addiction, and yes, that's, he did. That's that's been the problem for him. Funnily yeah, enough, man. my wife, her uncle, uh was quite a famous DJ over in the UK during the 80s. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately he passed away very young but him and alexander o'neill were, were the best of friends so oh man uh, um but i'm going to his final gig in i think it's june of this year in the uk uh, okay Apple. yeah that's it's his final gig he's in his 70s now unfortunately for him he never recovered no man he vocally so, never recovered from the addictions that he, he tried had. to uh and yeah. it's on youtube he tried to uh redo uh i want to try sunshine he tried to redo sunshine yeah, i can't yeah, go yeah, yeah. and yeah. man it, it just it sounds bad man matter of fact it's uh, a friend of mine yeah a, a, a friend of mine they played it for me and now you know just like i do the mark martin you lied to me you know we would actually we use that as a meme now now it's like it's not the way i planned it you know so it's <laughs> 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, what is this mess, man? Hey, and all, all, all I'm saying is, like, kids, kids, uh, cocaine is not a good thing to take uh, for 40 years of your life because, unfortunately, oh, you, you're at the peak. And he really, well, he had the ability to be, a, like, an absolute power. And Jimmy, you're, you're right about Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. They said vocally when he came in to do his first album, they've never heard anything like it. Um which, wow. which is yeah, but anyway, let's swiftly move on. 
Dan, I've got something to move on to, mate. (laughs) And your favourite Christmas song, Mike. This Christmas. Absolutely. Wait, wait, wait. Mike, your favourite Christmas song. If you like Alexander O'Neill, then you love Remember Why It's Christmas. Oh, remember why it's Christmas. Christmas. Oh, I love that song. Brian, Brian, I think that proves to you that I'm uh, Alexander O'Neill. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm telling you now, Brian, that Christmas album that he produced then is one of the best Christmas albums you will ever hear. My gift to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Anyway, we got to move on because Dan's sitting there like... "Mm, Yeah, Dan, Dan's like, like, (laughs) sorry about that, Dan, man. (laughs) I'm in out of my cage because I've been doing just fine. Got to (laughs) go. I've got me back on kilter. I've just... uh... Yeah, there we go. Anyway, my my favourite thing about Mardi... My favourite thing about Mardi Gras is king cake. King cake. At home. Yeah, I love king cake. Monday, a friend of mine, she does, uh, she's doing a Lundy Grand King Cake Festival. We just go to her house and everyone brings king cakes, and we're all gonna just have slices of king cake. So when that happens, I'll make sure I post it. I might even do like a like like a, a, a live thing from Instagram so you all can yeah. see all, all of the of the delicious <laughs> king cakes that they're gonna bring. The one thing I would say I, about I, Dan is that Dan is Dan's a superb chef. Superb okay. chef. Uh, Dan, don't pull your face. You know you are. You know you grill. You know you smoke. But he also does, and he did it this week for his kids and his wife. He made king cake over here in the UK. Nice. Uh, yeah, and his kids have actually asked him, can he make some more? So Did, he, did you put the baby inside the king cake and make sure that whatever uh, one of your kids I've ate it? A, I've got a I've got a baby that I sort of stuffed in after I'd cut it. Uh, there you go. It's only a plastic baby rather than porcelain. But they was all like, "Who's going to get the baby?" I was like, "Well, if you get that bit at the end, the legs are sticking out from, then you get, <laughs> you get the baby." But yeah, yeah. I, did a, I did a traditional, and then I did I made two, so I did a traditional, and I did a uh, a pecan cream cheese. Uh, okay, cream cheese Ooh, one as well. Nice, which I like. Nice. Yeah, nice. I, I just I just love making it. I, I follow a recipe from Southern Living. It's oh, okay. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, that is that is awesome, man. Like, I love some king cake. I'm, I tried to uh limit myself this year because you know I'm trying to reduce the size of me, but uh, <laughs> but uh, man, let me tell you something. Boy, I, I love some king cake. I like the king cake, traditional king cake. And, you know, it doesn't have to have any filling in it, but I do like the icing on top. I, I like to have that that white yeah. icing along with the Mardi Gras colors and the in the color sugar, and and I'm good with that. Yeah, it's it's just it's like the best cinnamon roll mm-hmm. pimped up to unbelievable yeah, that, levels. That, I just that's pretty much that's pretty much what it is. It's just a pimped up cinnamon roll. But don't tell anyone because <laughs> they'll they'll fight you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to come over though. I was trying to explain to my wife. I was like, people are queuing at like six o'clock in the morning to some of these bakeries to get a king cake when king yes. cake yeah. season starts. Right. A, it is uh, like trying to get the new iPhone in 2000. Yeah, man. There, like. there, is a, there is a bakery out in New Orleans East. It's a Vietnamese bakery that has that makes a very, very amazing king cake. And man, they will have lines like blocks long for people yeah. just waiting to get that king cake, man. And uh, it, it's, it's worth it. It's, it's worth the trip. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's like, um, I mean, that Dan's a somebody who, as I said, it, we're both absolutely ingrained in the culture of New Orleans, but I think Dan's ingrained in the food culture of New Orleans. I mean, we went over there when we went over, actually, funny enough, for Mardi Gras. And there was, I think, I think it was actually on Mardi Gras day and we've been out and obviously Lundi Gras been really, really hard and difficult for Dan. Um, mm-hmm. And so we, we, we'd enjoyed Mardi Gras and then, and then it was like, right, we need to eat something. We need to eat something. I was like, all right, Dan. So I gave him all these options. And, and obviously at that time we were centrally located. Right. So I was saying, oh, we can go here, we can go here, we can go here. But the uh, Dan was just saying to him, no, I want New Orleans food. I want New Orleans food. I just want to... <laughs> you know when you're sort of walking around thinking, well, there's chicken over there, there's something <laughs> yep. over there. But, yeah, so eventually we went to a restaurant, we had that and stuff. But he is so ingrained in the food of, of, of the city. It's the best really food impressive. in the world. The best yeah. food in the world. Well, Red rice and something. beans, etouffee. It's all amazing. I love during Mardi Gras, and you'll get all of that. And I love the fact that you'll have folks just cooking that on the neutral ground, like they will, yeah, yeah like they'll have it out there. One of my favorite Mardi Gras memories of my entire life, and this actually <laughs> happened the year I moved back home from Atlanta. So I moved back to New Orleans in 2015, and I moved back in like June of 15. So, so 2016 was my first Mardi Gras back home as a local. And I remember being out, it was like early in the morning on Jackson Avenue, and I was waiting on Zulu to go by. And I remember, I remember uh I just I just had a hankering. I just like you said, I just wanted somebody's grilled burger. I I just wanted that. And I walk and I see this guy and he's grilling his burger. And I have this whole spiel, you know, being in Atlanta for so long, you know, you got everybody's full of BS, so everybody you know wants to kind of be. Yes, she had come with all their corporate speak and all that. So I went to the guy, I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm a local. I just moved back from Atlanta. It's been so long. And I come with the whole story about how much I really wanted a burger. And the burger smells so great. And I'm I'm just laying it on thick. And the dude just looked at me. And he said, say, bro. He said, I want to hear your sob story. You want a burger or not? You could have just lived with that, dog. You want a burger? Yeah. Get you a burger. So he gave him a burger, and I ate this, and I was just like, "You know what? You're right. I'm home. Sorry for giving you all that bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I ate the right. burger, and I walked off, man. <laughs> well, you um, when you were in Atlanta, was that because you were displaced by Katrina, or was that a conscious decision, or both? So what happened right. was, so what happened during Katrina? I was at the time I was working for the local cable company, and yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, when the storm came and we were going to come back and, and start building everything, put it back, everything back together. But I, uh, my, where I live was completely wiped out. Like I lived on the first floor of this apartment complex. My whole place went underwater. Yeah. So, you know, and I just, and I have this tendency to overpack for everything. So I just, basically what I had in, what my, in the rental car was what I had left. And so what happened was, I remember I get I got a phone call from my supervisor and he was like, hey, "Yeah, we're about to start the system back up." And I told him my you know told him what my situation was. Now I knew that the company had had bought like rent they had like bought like fifty rooms in this hotel, 
And I wasn't yeah. asking him for anything really. I was just hoping that he would be a bit more empathetic to my to my situation. And I was like, well, I don't have a place to live. You know, I don't have any place to live, anything like yeah. that. And I'm thinking he's gonna be like, well, you know, well, hey man, we got these hotel rooms. Just come get a hotel room, you'll be fine. He was like, well, you need to find a place to live. I was like, you know what? Really? Now, and and at the time, I was just over New Orleans because there was so much horrible stuff going on in the city. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? Screw this, man. And I went to Atlanta, and I went out there on a Friday night, and I had a blast. I had a time of my life. I went to this little club called MJQ. It's an underground hip-hop club, man. And I had a blast in there. And then I went to this other club called uh, Vegas Nights. It was you know, girls dancing on the stage. And, it was just, you know, I'm 32 years old, I'm still in my prime of shenanigans, yeah. and it was just a blast. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? Maybe I need to be in Atlanta. And so I remember telling my cousin who who I was who left with me at the time, I said, I don't understand because I don't know why I feel this way, but I think I'm meant to be here for a while. And so I decided to stay in Atlanta. And and I, I moved I, once I decided I was gonna stay, I you know, I got an apartment, I got a job, bought a car. And uh, I, and I stayed there for like the next ten years, but I had a great time there. But you know, there wasn't a single day that I didn't think about New Orleans. It wasn't yeah. a single day that I didn't, you know, you know, wish I was there and, and how things were. But I knew that at some point in my life, I needed that time to just kind of grow as a person. And I, I do believe that everybody who lives in New Orleans, they need to spend some time away from New Orleans, yeah, so they can understand one what the real world is like. Because New Orleans is not a real place, as we say. You know, we do no. things a little differently here. So you got to go someplace else to just see how other people live and how other things are done. And and let's be honest, not everybody jobs with what we do down here. So if you go someplace else and you realize that you fit better there, at least you know it. At least you have the opportunity that hey, I'm someplace else. I can I can be just fine where I'm living. My sister did that. My sister is. So not New Orleans, but you know, and but and she lives in Miami and she's thriving. Uh I got to Atlanta and I just, you know, we started the Atlanta Who That Nation. Uh, I made a lot of friends with the sports radio folks in Atlanta, and but they all knew that, you know, even though you know I'm I'm talking to you because you're on Atlanta radio, I am a who that through and through. Matter of fact, one of the Atlanta radio show hosts at the time, he was the sideline reporter for the Falcons. He lost the bet to me. So I have a picture of him in a Jimmy Graham jersey. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, what happened after about eight or nine years of being in Atlanta, Atlanta began to change, and so did I. And so what started to happen was I would always come home to visit for Mardi Gras, and then it would be funny. As soon as Mardi Gras was over, I can't wait to leave. Well, yeah. one year I came back home. This is 2014. I came home. For Mardi Gras, and I stayed a few days after Mardi Gras, and the city just seemed happy. Everybody just seemed to be very comfortable in their own skin, and the city kind of grew up a little bit too. So I was yeah. like, "All right, maybe it's time for me to come back home." And it just serendipity happens the way it does, and just so happened that uh, I quit this job in Atlanta that was absolutely horrible. Uh, I was looking for work in Atlanta, New Orleans, and Houston. I called this one job, and I applied for the job. The guy had told me he had just hired someone. I called my friend just to talk to him to see how he was doing. 
come to find out the guy had hired my friend. <laughs> and I was on the phone with. Right. So next thing you know, uh, I come home, I talk to the guy, and I, I apply for a couple of jobs. And I wound up landing the job because the guy, the manager who, who ran the office that I applied for was best friends with a guy I used to work with in Atlanta. <laughs> so he was like, look, you had better hire Brian. So, and they offered me a job and I came back home, man. Like I broke my lease and everything and just packed up the man. truck and came back home in, in June of 2020, 2015. And I've been home ever since, man. And I don't regret it. I love it. No. Beautiful. Yeah. It, it, and that's an incredible, it's an incredible thing. Cause I don't think a lot of people, realize that obviously with Katrina and the displacement and whether or not it was absolutely connected to Katrina, obviously New Orleans went through a very, very difficult time at that period. And they did, were, we did, like, yeah. Yeah, and people who even at that point may have loved the city, may have sort of slightly fallen out of love with the city. But the, the interesting point that you said there, Brian, is because of the way that New Orleans is, and it's such a different city, it's like obviously a service city and that's mm -hmm. the majority of what it does and right. people view it as a party city right. and politically there have been so many shenanigans that have gone on with it where absolutely you know, where, where where stuff doesn't probably get done that it ought to get done a lot of people right. do move away and you know i think myself and dad have probably had, had conversations with people where they've moved away but there's this thing that just there's an essence that sort of is just resonates and you, you think about the city probably a little bit too much if you're away from the city i think, I think about the city every fucking day and i've never yeah yeah there. no Dan, let me tell you something every day yeah I, imagine that you think about the city every day and you yeah. end up and you don't live here so imagine what it was for me for 10 years yeah mm, and, exactly. and yeah you know yeah. I re, and even yeah. though don't get me wrong like i i I had a good I had a great time in Atlanta. Let me be clear. Yeah. I had a great time. Yeah, 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 yeah. The only thing I did, you know, and <laughs> it was fun to be a Saints fan in Atlanta because I could just basically <laughs> tell them they could kiss my ass to their faces. Which is awesome. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. But the thing about New Orleans, and I tell everybody this, yeah, I had a good time in Atlanta. In Atlanta, I made a living. In New Orleans, I have a life. So yeah. you know, and, and like this just there's no place like it. Like here it is. I mean, it's early February and the sun is shining and it's 70 degrees. I got the door open, you know, my, my beautiful friends in town to come visit for Mardi Gras. Cause we about to go run the streets and get drunk and do dumb stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you can't, you can't do that in Cleveland. <laughs> no, everyone always says Cleveland. Everyone always says yeah, in Cleveland. <laughs> right. Can I point out, we, we've had a number of conversations with people about obviously the, the main crux of our pod is international fans who have become saints fans right and the amount of times that people have mentioned cleveland is just <laughs> unbelievable it's like <laughs> I, I actually feel sorry for cleveland now <laughs> yeah. are, I, have, I have met some people from cleveland and i swear you man they are some of the most miserable people on the planet <laughs> <laughs> the, the, Kel the kelsey's got out alive the kelsey's got out alive the kelsey's did yeah, out yeah, alive. yeah. yeah. You know, but those, you know what? Those guys would move to New Orleans and they would make a very good life here. I, I guarantee you. Mm, yeah. Those, those, both, the, both the Kelsey boys would move to New Orleans and they would fit both. right the hell in. 
Both of them were for different reasons. They're they're uh, right. and yet again, it's like I think we've spoken about their their podcast is you don't have to be a fan of either team, you, you, but they're the, the, obviously they're brothers. The chemistry is unreal, right? But some of the shit they come up with, and yeah, they fit in in New Orleans without fucking shadow of a doubt. Jason would be a slightly different individual, right? Travis. Yeah, Travis would be on bourbon. Travis is down with his shenan- shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Travis, yeah, Travis is going. He's going to be the guy that wakes up drunk. <laughs> Jason, yeah. Jason, Jason's like in Garden District, but Travis is is with the people. 100%. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. He'll be the one with that. He'll be the one with that with that Mardi Gras colored polo on. <laughs> I oh. cannot. I oh, wait, wait, Brian. You know, you know, you know, mate, you make those couple of posts about like, oh, the is <laughs> <this, this, laughs> I sent oh, it to, to Dan last week and was like, oops. <laughs> so here's what's funny. Rugby shirt. No, no, we, you know, every we give those guys a hard time. We call them Chads. So, you know, you got Karen, so we call them yeah. cool Chads. Yeah. And so there was a a, a a website called Neutral Ground News. They took that they took that uh, that beam and they ran with it. And man, when I tell you that thing triggered those chads, boy, they were mad. And everyone was there. Hey, hey, Brian, <laughs> I, 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 I have a Yukon. How <laughs> upset Dan Chad Harper? Oh, please. hold on, no, hold on, hold on. I'm far from one. I'm far from a Chad. Two, no, you're not a I Chad at all, dude. Shit, I didn't buy the shit ones in the fucking. <laughs> Um, tourist traps. I, no, I you went to the not. proper place to get mine. No, Dan, look, stupid money. <laughs> you would wear you would wear that shirt, and everyone wouldn't even realize that you were wearing that shirt because you'd be that cool. So I it would just be like, yeah. Right, Brian, I I that. That Dan Dan went and bought that, and it was a really expensive shirt. I went to a yeah, Perlis is pretty expensive. I, yeah, I spent four dollars on a on a vest. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying, look, look at my vest. I, I see you. Four, I spent four dollars on a vest. Mike, you look like you ready to get down. Like Mike, you look like you ready to have a good time. Like, I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. I'm when we come yeah. off when we come off this podcast, I'm gonna have a look at flights, see if I can go there tomorrow. Come on. <laughs> That's the way he I would. Feel. He would. Hey, you know what? Yeah, I pick you. Uh, you tell me. You tell me when you go. You hit me up when you land, I'm picking you up from the airport. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably oh, be baby. with me. No, don't so then me. we'll take you straight to a bar. Right. Do not tempt me with a good time. <laughs> no, be there. come yeah. on, man. All right, I, I, I think we've been uh, going about an hour and a half, so I don't want to take up too yeah. much more Brian's time because there's parades to attend, there's drinks to yes. be drunk, there's friends Absolutely. to be embraced, um, and good times to be had. Man, um, yeah. look, tell you what, this is a good way to kick it off, man. This was so uh, Brian, genuinely, yeah, again, Brian, I really appreciate you coming on. and I think Dan said it when it was happening. That little section where we were talking karaoke is probably the funniest thing that we've ever done on this pod. That is hilarious. Um, uh, I'll be don't forget I'm gonna be sending that, that Mark Morris that meme. meme that meme <laughs> you lied you lied to me. <laughs> yes, I do 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 <laughs> yes, I do 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 <laughs> Brian, oh, you've man. been an absolute pleasure and a blast to be on with, my friend. Uh, genuinely, man. I've enjoyed Likewise. this Thanks like no other pod. Come on, uh, I, and- only thing I've got. Only thing I've got to say is I hope that Clint Kubiak yeah. brings us as much joy as you brought us today, Brian. Let me yeah. tell you something. I hope that this turns out because we you know we were supposed to talk about the Saints and we just kind of didn't. Eh. 
But this is better than the Saints, but yeah, good. I'm going to tell you, I hope that Clint Kubiak does for the offense for Dennis Allen what Greg Williams did for the defense yeah. when Sean Payton brought that's him great, That's a great comparison. Great and, let, and let's be, let, you know what, and, and it hates, I hate to say it, but if we were to change coaches right now, let's just say we change coaches, and, and they would have just decided to blow the whole thing up. All right, so you have this team that's a little bit older, but still relatively talented. The problem with the Saints this year was that they were they underachieved, and they had they didn't have the right coaches, especially on offense. Yeah. So, uh, the you know if you blew it up and got rid of Dennis Allen, then all right now you don't have your top ten. You don't have your coordinator of your top ten defense anymore. So now we got to rebuild everything. So yeah. imagine if we have someone where, you know, we have somebody who actually can, can control the offense and, and run the offense where we can score 20, 25 points a game and Dennis Allen still doing what he does on defense. Yeah. You know, I, I think that the problem that, you know, we realize is that Dennis Allen's personality probably doesn't fit the city because we're just so used to Sean and the way he was. <laughs> yeah. But if Dennis Allen can just win some games and win some some pretty decent games and – you know, because I like I feel horrible. I feel bad actually admitting that towards the end of the season, the Saints played very well. Now, the, and I'll tell you what, that last game against the Falcons, I mean, we we hung 50 points on them dudes, man. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I was at that game with my friend Mike, who does who, who who's from Atlanta and he lives in Atlanta, he's and he works for the I Falcons radio yeah. station. Yeah. And you know, he, he just was looking around like, holy shit, like this is a great vibe in this dome. You know, despite of everything that happened, it was so much yeah. fun to just kick our <laughs> kick our, our, our rivals' asses <laughs> up and down the field. That and you know, the game against the game against Tampa, they played well. You yeah. know, they, they played well against the Giants. Uh, you know, not the, so much the against the, the Rams. I think the Rams was the one during that five yeah. game stretch. The Rams yeah. was the one where it, it was, was like, yeah, oh, we, we shit the bed. We shit the we, bed. Yeah, we shit the bed. And the problem was but, with that was that, you know, Derek Carr actually did He wasn't the reason we lost that game. No, 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 no. You're right. So, and I'm saying all this, and it's like, I'm, I'm literally like pulling my toenails to say this. I have to be honest. I got to <laughs> believe what I, I got to, I got to go by what, what my eyes saw. I saw yeah. this team play well towards the end. So if the offense is better, where they can score points on anybody, I I have no problem with Dennis Allen and his defense. I mean, that's what he does. And that defense is, is still a very good defense. Yeah. And we've actually found some things on that defense. We found out that Zach Bond is, is a halfway decent pass rusher. We found out that, you know, that, that Isaac Yidham is a, is a good corner a cornerback. Then you could actually put a lot yeah. Taylor at cornerback if you have to. Uh, you know, Lonnie Johnson, I mean, uh, Jordan Howden. We have a good safety. Oh, I love, so, oh, love Jordan Howden. I like Jordan Howden. So we we have the but, pizzas there on the defense. It's uh, just, Brian, it's, it's, uh -huh. it's, it's, even like Abram in the last like three or four games really came Abram, up, right, didn't he? Right. Really came up. Yeah, right. Came so through. so just, we, we just have need the a defensive pieces. end in free agency. We need a, we need a defensive end. If we can get us a defensive end, Somebody yeah. that's going to take up the attention. I mean, Cam was hurt, but Cam is also in his thirties. You know, I like Grandison. I like Grandison. You know, uh, I think I think Brian Breesy, the Gerber baby. I think he's going to be yeah, yeah. a monster. You know, and so if we just get just a little bit more pass rush, and that offense, they can kind of sort that offense out. Yeah. This team is going to be a problem. 
Uh, but you're, yeah. I think Dan was like highlighting it when you said it, and it's a really interesting point about Greg Williams. Like, if you can get a coach in who can do something, like Peyton got him in, right, and suddenly it it sparks something, right? Because offensively, they looked okay, and it's like we talk about the O line. Obviously, the O line, you probably need a little bit of help in there. Yeah, the O line has to get better. They, they have to get you, better. You, but you think about the first six games, it was like this is a fucking disaster with that oh, line. Right. I mean, it felt right. like a and then but then after the first six games, you, you we weren't really talking about the O-line. What we were talking about is Derek Carr's eyes and everything. And so right. if you could supplement offensively something like a bit more play action, a bit more this, which gives him a bit more time, probably. Bit more motion, bit more motion. Yeah, exactly. Right. The, the problem was, yeah. yeah. You think, oh, maybe we can was, do something. Yeah, the offense was was predictable at times. I mean, they, yeah. they brought in certain players. And, and what, what made Sean Payton's offense so good was it was, he would run like four or five different plays out the same, out the same formation. Mm. And he also, he forced you to defend every single blade of grass on the field. And he also exploited the matchups. Like you, you would have a guy like Lance Moore who, who couldn't perform on any other team, perform great on the Saints because he had a very specific role because he was used a very specific way. But and, Brian, you know, we we also um, we don't want to say it. We had Drew Brees, so you, well, you, yeah, that too. You could you could have but, fifty-seven options. On, you know, what I mean? right? You know, you yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Brees, exactly. Brees is a Hall of Fame yeah. talent for a reason. Yeah. But yeah. again, I'm going to say this because. I, I saw it. I saw it before he got here. If you can give Derek Carr time, if you can give him a line where he's comfortable behind that line, yeah, he's going to tell you, he's going to carve you up. He did it to us twice when he did it with the Raiders. Yeah. He did it to us twice. He yeah, is yeah, a serviceable yeah. quarterback. Is he, a, is he Drew Brees? <laughs> no. No, he's not. But then again, Drew Brees not is a lot Drew of people Brees. Are, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. But, but you're Brian, you're right. That game in was it 2020 when we when the uh Raiders stadium opened and he yes. absolutely obliterated us. Man, he shredded us to pieces. Yeah, yeah. He shredded yeah, he, he shredded he shredded Dennis Allen's defense. I mean, he yeah. lit us up. Man, you had you had you saw Demario Davis just chasing uh Darren Waller. Derek Waller. Yeah, yeah. Derek Waller to I mean, one tight end. He carved us up with one tight end. That he called us up with that game. one tight end. Yeah, yeah. He carved us yeah. up with that one tight end. So yeah. if you just build your build an offense to his strengths and give him time to throw, he's going to cut out. I mean, think about what the Saints did. So they eventually put Andrews Pete back at left tackle, which imagine that. He's a left tackle in college. You make him a left tackle. tackle. Yeah. He put him the left uh, tackle to pro. Yeah. Oh, well, snap. <laughs> Look, he can, he, he can play. Yeah. So imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> So they Look, put him at, they put, rush. Oh. Right. So yeah. they put up they put him at left tackle, and he's the left tackle stopped being a problem. You know, and then yeah. you know the lines start to have some sort of continuity. And I mean they, they still couldn't run block for shit, but they were at least no. they got better at pass blocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had time, you know, car began to have time and he began to make plays. And, and he began, and then you know, he really started to kind of spread the ball around. Man, look, that game against the Falcons, man, he he was dealing. Yeah. That dude was dealing. I mean, he Absolutely. made, he, you know, uh, you know, our rookie receiver, I can't remember his name right now, from Wake Forest. Uh, A.T. Perry. 
A.T. Perry, man. Yeah. Man, that catch that A.T. Perry had, that touchdown catch where he just basically just, like, jumped over the dude. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. yeah, A.T. Perry I like is going to be a though. problem. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be a problem. A.T. Perry is going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Be a problem. In the worst way for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like A.T. Perry. I like what I saw, and I like the fact that as a rookie, all he did was get better towards the end of the year. And so, look, yeah, yeah, again, you look at that. Olave, Shahid, A.T. Perry, we're paying them nothing. Hey, look, let, let's let's supplement them a little bit. Right. Let's see where we go. Let's see where we go. Uh, yeah. no, no. And Kendrick, Kendrick in that last <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Ken, if Kendrick can stay healthy, which I think he will. I think this was his red shirt season. You know, kind of get yourself together, yeah. get your body healed up. Yeah. I, Kendrick's going to be a problem as well. So the yeah, offense, yeah. Has, they have the right pieces in place. Uh, Clint Kubiak, who I remember his dad, uh, you know, yeah, um, uh, Gary. Gary Kubiak, Gary Kubiak, yeah. Gary Kubiak was, was uh, 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 John Elway's <laughs> backup in Denver. I remember that. And here's another piece of trivia. Gary, it was between Gary Kubiak and Sean Payton to get the job for the Saints. Ooh. That was, that was the, there's two I people that they were, that. They, they were the finalists. And All right. Payton actually wanted the Green Bay job. He really wanted the Green Bay yeah, job. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, but they wanted him going with, uh, they wanted him going with, with, uh, what's his Bob name? McCarthy. You know, yeah, McCarthy. And so he took the Saints job over, and the Saints took him over Kubiak, and the rest is history. But, uh, you know, if they're going to run that offense, and that offense is a very successful offense with the zone blocking schemes for running, yeah. and uh, you know, they use a lot of. Motion because that's kind of what off you know offenses are going to these days where you know there is a lot of trickery so you know and they just kind of put the stress on the defense we have the players that can run that type of offense so yeah. if the Saints are able to shore up their blocking uh get better with run blocking because we have I mean imagine what yeah. imagine if, if Christian McCaffrey is doing what he's doing in the 49ers offense imagine what Kamara is going to be able to do. Oh well, I, I mean, uh, and that that's the that's the whole point, isn't it? The Kubiak appointment from the Shanahan tree, yeah. And AK must be sitting there thinking, <laughs> "Oh, okay." If he brings green, okay. if he brings greasy with him as yeah. well, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. right, yeah, because and, and so, yeah, because Kamara works best in space. The problem was that. He didn't have much space to work with this year in the past couple no, of seasons. They just, nothing. you know, they, they he pretty much was running in a phone box and he just couldn't yeah. do what he had to do. <laughs> when you put that guy yeah. in space, and man, when I tell you, he's still, I mean, he's been in the league, what, seven years now already? But yeah. he's going to, he's going to, he's still young and he still can make some moves. Like, yeah. And, and he's really, he's, I think he's going to have a nice, he's, nice year. Hey, look, the, yeah. but the bottom he's line the type is, of player that he's got, you can keep going and going and going, like, because yes. he knows that yeah. he's so clever. Yes. You know, you could see him having, I'm not saying that it's going to be like Frank Gore, but going no. that, that deep into his career as a running back, right. uh, he could yeah. do that. But he also, he's like, Good mention with Frank. Like, Gold. Everyone, job. everyone's spoken about his intelligence as a player. You know, Peyton said probably one of the most intelligent footballers he's ever seen in his life. Mm. The bottom line for him is that you might be in a scheme that's going to actually assist you. For the last three years, he's been in a scheme where we're actually asked him to do something that he's not actually particularly right. good at. Um, so I'm hoping he's excited about, Hey, look, it might not work just because somebody's from a tree and, you know, 
maybe you, you're expecting it. It might it's not happen. It's going to work. But... It's going to work. It's going to work. Sorry, Dan. It has oh, to yeah, work. It has to work. Yeah, it has sorry. to work. I think on that positive note, maybe we, we should end the pod and thank Brian very much for, for being part of it. Oh, it's genuinely thank you for having me. My favorite episode we've ever done. I, I've loved every single fucking minute. Man, thank Brian, you you're, for you're having me. You're a legend. Man. Love it. That, 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 karaoke, that karaoke section will never die. <laughs> never, ever. Ever, well, ever, I'm glad, ever. I'm, glad I'm part it. of something that will outlive us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, oh, Brian. So. Exactly. Hey, Brian, you take care of yourself, my friend. Take care, fellas. Yeah. Happy Enjoy Mardi Gras, y'all. Yeah. Happy absolutely. Mardi Gras. Bro. All right. Yeah. Take care. Take care, guys. Yeah, right, bye. bye.